We have Katie on the 12 traditions, and the readers of the text are Judy F., Deb W., and Carolyn S.H. The reference number for yesterday, which is Tuesday, July 26th, is 8943. That's 8943. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive reading. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So let me now ask uh, if Anne-Marie M. would be kind enough to read the, the 12 steps. Good morning, Larry. This is Anne-Marie M. in South Carolina. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take, a pers- continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Anne-Marie. And let me now ask Katie if you'd be kind enough to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems (coughs) of money, property, and prestige 
divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thanks, Katie. Okay, so here's how our meeting is supposed to work. Um, our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. So what we do is we read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. And um, anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we're, we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Um, singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months, and, and there's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And what we're doing is we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one again to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're, we're back in the big book here. We're going to resume our study, and we're currently on page 84. The last paragraph, and we have ceased fighting. Um, we have ceased fighting. Um, so now, let me uh, let me ask uh, Judy F. If you'd be kind enough to read that first paragraph for us, Judy. Good morning, Larry. Can I be heard? You can. Great. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. And this is Judy F. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered in Massachusetts, and I am so grateful <laughs> to um, have this opportunity to share on this. I, I couldn't get my name in yesterday, and um, first of all, these 10-step uh, promises um, I've been told, they define uh, what recovered means, what a recovered alcoholic or recovered compulsive reader in our 
situation and you know having that it, there's no problem i i don't i don't uh want to eat more i don't want to embark in all the ways of trying to control it i i don't need to do that it's it's not a problem i um i i do have um weight and measured uh food plan and i don't want to veer off it i it's just what i do and I'm able to live in between my meals. It's not about the food anymore. And it's about living life. And that's where I need these steps to live undisturbed in peace. And the other, um, what I appreciate about these promises, it's a, they're a good litmus test for me. Uh, so if I'm arguing with someone or I, um, I mean, even in the car, <laughs> if, if someone cuts me off and I, I want to retaliate, by um, tailgating them or or veering up in front of them, which I have done sometimes, I I have to say, whoa, that that is not what a recovered, God-centered woman would do. And I'm off in my spiritual condition. I, I'm trying to run the show, um, and I'm just grateful that I don't. I know it is a miracle. And every morning I wake up, I still I still feel a miracle that. I don't have that, oh, that negative, that uh, remorse from the night before of what I ate. I was a big night eater. Um, that okay, today I'm going to do it. I'm not going to eat those binge foods. I'm, I'm going to stick to my diet. And I don't have any of that. I, my mind is just clear of that, and I'm just still so grateful. The other um, at the end, um, that is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. And what I've uh, found that every step leads into another, and this is the 10 step promises. So um, I do need the 10 step, I, I, I work the 10 step, but I even more importantly need the 11th and the 12th step. And that spiritual condition for me is reviewing at night because sometimes during the day, I, I'm so um, caught up in my day with work and people, it doesn't dawn on me. Um, and I, I kind of barrel through sometimes. And then at the end of the day, I get this little like, ooh, I, didn't, I don't feel good about that. And so I can catch things as I review my day. And then that time to listen to God in step 11. I did a lot of praying, talking to God before the program, but I didn't listen. And, and that's what I need for spit fit spiritual condition is even more important to listen to God. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Judy. Appreciate that. Okay. So we're, again, we're on page 84, the last paragraph, just commenting on the last paragraph. Who would like to share what was read? Francis Bella, can I share? KMG from Boston. KMG. Okay. I got Sally, Bella, Bella, Nessa, Katie G. Who else? Kim G. Kim. Okay. Let's go with that. So we got got Sally, we got Bella, we got Nessa, Katie, and then Kim. Sally, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, a vision for you. So I would like to speak about this word end. And the paragraph begins with... Oh, let me turn on my timer here. The paragraph begins with "and." Did I say this is Sally A. recovered, <laughs> recovered in South Jersey? And um, so I want to speak about this word "and." It's very interesting that they start the paragraph with "and." 
we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. They're tying love and tolerance of others is our code to the next sentence, end. So I'm going to read it one more time just like that. Love and tolerance of others is our code, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even the food. And, you know, I've talked about this before, the fact that this concept of we have ceased fighting. Uh, first of all, fighting is the making of the marbles. Fighting anyone or anything, including the food, is the making of me having to go and do a 10-step, of me having to make a phone call, of me having to sit down and, and regurgitate what it is. But it's interesting that my perspective, my, I've had this paradigm shift, thank God, that now when something disturbs me, as it, as it sometimes will, page 90 in the 12 and 12, the axiom, if something disturbs me, there's something wrong with me. So when something disturbs me, I'm not so quick to argue or to focus on what it is they're saying or what they're doing. I'm more focused on why does this disturb me so much? What is it in me that it's triggering? And I'm now looking inside me. I'm the only one that I can change, and I can't even do that. I'm at the mercy of God to change me. So when I take a look at what is disturbing me, and I find this is the truth, my truth right now, is that God continually brings lessons to me like waves coming into the shore. God continually brings the same lessons over and over and over and over because he is striving to change me and to cause me to turn and do things in a different way, a different manner of living. And so if love and tolerance of others is my code and I have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, then the truth is when it says on 418, nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. So why would I be fighting whatever is coming toward me? Why would I fight when God is allowing this lesson to come to me so that I can change? And over and over, let me just end by saying at the bottom of page 98, the last line, bottom line, the argument and fault finding are to be avoided like the plague. And I'll end with this on the bottom of 83. But besides, we have stopped fighting anyone. We have, besides, we have stopped fighting anybody or anything. We have to. Thank you for letting me share. With that, I pass. Thanks so much, Sally. So we have Bella next, followed by Nessa. Bella, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Larry, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such a wonderful, wonderful paragraph, and the whole paragraph is true, and it happened to me. Safe and protected. Wow, this is the freedom for me, because by leaving the steps one day at a time, I feel safe and protected that, thank you, God, I am able to live with my feelings and to feel my feelings. And today, thank you, God, I know that 
whatever feeling I feel, it doesn't mean that I have to run to the food. Because today, thank you, God, I, I, I have another solution. And yes, it doesn't mean that uh, uh, I don't uh, I don't have to face reality and to realize that yes, I have still my character defects. That thank you, God, it's a present for me that I have the opportunity to work on them. And yes, I still have to do my uh, step ten. And yes, I still have to remind myself to go back to step one that I am powerless and yes I you know yes I still have the moments that I have the fear the anger the resentment thank you God that today I feel safe and protected I know that I have the opportunity to pose and I have my tools to do step work one day at a time and today I know I am connected not to my ego that I have to to be the people pleaser and to be the jealous person and to be in a war. Today I feel safe and protected because I am connected to a loving and accepting power. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thanks, Bella. So we have Nessa followed by Katie. Nessa up in Canada. What's going on, Nessa? Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R., uh, recovered in Toronto, Canada. I, I love the contrast between the Step 9 promises and the Step 10 promises because the Step 9 promises do not deal with the substance at all, at all, at all. It's all about uh, ideas, emotions, and attitudes. But the Step 10 promises are exactly about the substance. I mean, this is why we all came for um, here. Um, actually, I'll, I'll speak about myself. I came here for that, um, and maybe not even for that. I just came here to lose my weight so I could be thin and eat whatever I wanted. But as a result, for, as a result of this process, then I realized that what I truly wanted was, uh, was this promise. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. And, you know, oftentimes I'm asked by newcomers or even by people outside of program who, who, who see how I eat but, you know, like don't know I'm necessarily um, in a 12-step program. And they ask me, like, don't you feel deprived, you know, because I don't eat cakes and I don't eat sugar and the potato chips and all these other things. And the truth is that, you know, um, I'm not. I don't, I don't feel deprived at all. When you don't want something then there's no deprivation. Deprivation comes when you, when you want something and you cannot have it, but I, I don't even want it. And so my response to them is, yes, I feel deprived. I feel deprived of 70 extra pounds. I feel deprived of uh, getting winded when I go half a flight of stairs. I feel deprived of not being able to keep up with my children. I feel deprived of ill-fitting, baggy um, unfashionable clothes. Yeah, of course I feel deprived of all those things. But the food, the sugar, the sweet, the salty, the crunchy, no, because I, I don't want it. I don't want it, and it's because, you know, I worked steps one to nine to clear the wreckage of the past, to clear the debris so I could be unblocked from God, and I'm working this step 10 as hard as I can every single day 
um, to stay unblocked. And so I don't want these, these foods at all. The problem has been removed. It does not exist. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Okay, let's go to Boston next, followed by Sal Joyzy. Boston, KDG, good morning. Hey, Larry, can I be heard? You can. Awesome. KDG recovered, compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic for today, calling in and starting my timer. Um, so what I'm really struck by is, like, I've spent my whole life not with food as the problem, right? Food has been the solution. What has it been the solution to? Problems and my thinking. Because my thinking, as we've studied up to this point, is the main issue. And for me, it's my lies and fears. And so this process is a continual, like, total shift from a life where I am looking to food and anorexia and being thin and exercise bulimia to solve my lack of satisfaction with people, places, and things. And the amazing thing that I was told once and that I'm taught and that this paragraph is bringing up to me is that I can never binge and leave work to, to be a bulimic or get on the scale or engage in my anorexia without believing a lie, okay? So the lie is, Katie, this time it's not going to hurt you, and here's how. Katie, this time it doesn't matter if you do this. Katie, this time you can lie, right? When the truth is, if I look at the truth of my anorexic behaviors, this is going to lead you down the path to self-obsession and, and, and peach fuzz on your arms and ultimately death, okay? That's the truth. And so when I'm doing my 10th step it, or my 11th step, it's the same thing. So believing the lie that my fiancé is out to get me, that he's, he's going to work and not coming home on my time frame because he doesn't love me, I can do that, right? Or I can choose to invite God in and believe the truth, that God is my source, that we are two individuals, right? That I am, I am a beautiful woman inside and out. I am worthy of recovery, and that the awkwardness, the uncomfortability, I always hear people coming out of relapse, I'm so uncomfortable, I'm so uncomfortable, practice the willingness to bear discomfort because that is the opening. God can get through into my wound, but I have to be willing to sit with it. <clears throat> so I have to be willing for me to take an entire, this is an attitude adjustment. And where there's an attitude adjustment, that means that, Oops, let's say my brain goes and says, you know what, you got to do an ex extra, um, you know, you got to go buy those laxatives and not tell anyone about it. I can say, boom, that's a crazy idea, KDG, not a good idea. And that is the miracle of it. I'm not fighting it, it's right there. So I'm going to continue to seek out the truth each and every day because I do not want eating and anorexia and bulimia to be a step up from my thinking. And that is how I'm going to try and continue to live one day at a time, shoulder to shoulder with you guys. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Hey, yo, Kim. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, I often don't share personal stuff um, on the phone, but because of reading these promises, I feel the need to. 
I feel the need to a step three is to bear witness to these miracles that we experience through recovery. Um, after I shared on Monday, I immediately got in my car, and within 20 minutes of sharing, um, a woman ran a red light and slammed directly into my car, probably 45 miles an hour. Um, and I cannot believe I walked away from that accident. I, um, you know, once I saw my car later, it was unbelievable. So I spent a day with police reports, insurance company, impound lots, rental cars. And when I did my 11 step at night, every time I asked, it was asked a question, was I resentful, fearful, you know, uh, all those things, my answer was, wow, wow, because I have a skill set now. Those fourth-step prayers, that sick man's prayer, that fear prayer, those relationship prayers are part of my DNA. I have to tell you, I don't read the big book. I live the big book, and I experience these promises. With all the chaos of that day, I felt safe and protected. I had neutrality. I was focused and sane. I ceased fighting. I didn't fight my insurance company when I found out. I didn't have the coverage I thought. I didn't fight the police when I wasn't... Was, I'm not even sure if she's still insured at this point because I wasn't allowed to talk to this person. I wasn't cocky or I wasn't afraid. That was my reality as a recovered woman going through that day. You know, prior to this big book process, I'll tell you, if I call anybody about it, what would be the first question? Oh, my God, Kim, how is your food? How is your food? How is your food? Food wasn't even on my mind. In fact, I was more concerned about comforting my parents who were terrified about their little girl, even though I'm 50, little girl getting hurt that I was able to stay focused, sane, and apply what I needed to do. You know, we haven't gotten to it yet, but, I, but the, the warnings in the next page, every day is a day we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. So I don't get to take the day off because I'm in a serious car accident. I don't get to bring Kim's vision in because I want my way and I want the insurance company, the police, and the impound yard to do what I want. And I don't get to say, all, it has to be all of my activities. I don't get to say, no, God, I got this one. I got this one. And for something as silly as because I'm sore and I feel beat up. And when I got home, I didn't know if I should go to my yoga class. And I did a 10-step. And I said, you know what? I'm going to text my yoga teacher. And I told her what happened. And she said, come in. Let's do a nice, gentle yoga. And I felt so much better stretching my muscles after all my muscles had tightened up from this, this accident. So I just want to say I'm so grateful these are not promises I read. These are promises I live. And I just needed to bear witness to the power of this process. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Kim. Hey, we're going to take a couple more before we hit up uh, Deb W. down in Oklahoma. Who else wants to share? Lois. Monica. I heard Lois Monica. And, Mo Suchi. and Monica. And how about Sue? We'll go Lynn with those three. And then we're going to, Lynn, we're going to, we're going to move on. But Lynn asked, guess what? Guess what, Lynn? You're going to be the first share on the next paragraph after Deb W. So get ready. Okay. Lois, good morning. Hi, good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. This is Lois M. Recovered in Massachusetts. Happy to be here today. Um, I wanted to comment on safe and protected, that part of the reading today, because what, what that came into my mind was, you know, all my life, uh, most of my life when I was into the disease or the food, that um, I never wanted to be safe. And, I mean, I did want to be safe and protected, but I, I never knew that was, up beyond, that was up to, that could happen for me. 
Um, I lived in isolation, and I was living in fear and shame, you know, when I was into the food. And safe and protected, you know, was something that was beyond me. And um, I, I didn't dare ask or want that because it never happened to me. So when, when I became, uh, came into the program, put down the food, began to work the steps in my life, and, and knew what my problem was, I had a spiritual problem and I needed a spiritual solution, which was amazing that I was able to find that answer and sought that, and, and I became um, recovered. And I began to experience these promises. And, um, and I do and did feel safe and protected. And uh, what it also brings to mind for me is this uh, wonderful film I saw about the penguins, you know, and what they did was when, in order to, um, to tolerate the, the cold and the wind and hunger, you know, they all hung out very closely in a group. And the outside people, when they got too cold, they were able to move inside. And that kind of reminds me of, you know, this program and the fellowship to, um, to stay, stay, you know, in the middle of the crowd. And, and in order to do that, you know, I have to become active and to participate more and work all of the steps in my life. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lois. Okay, we got Monica followed by Sue. Monica, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. This is Monica T., recovered compulsive overeater, presently in Richmond, Virginia. And here we are reading about the 10th step promises. You know, like was uh, earlier said, these are the promises that have to do with our substance, with our food. And I was going to zone in on we have not even worn off. I don't know about you, but every morning for 40-something years, Monica would wake up and she would say, okay, today I'm going to be good and I'm going to follow my food plan. I didn't do that. And the other side of the coin is I would say, Monica is not going to binge today. I did that. You know, either way, I was powerless, totally, totally powerless, and I continued to do what I didn't want to do, which I didn't want to binge, and I couldn't do what I wanted to do, which was follow a food plan and be good. So every morning I was swearing, you know, I did a lot of swearing every morning that I was going to do something, and either way, I wasn't able to do it. I wasn't able to do it until I surrendered and realized I was 100% powerless. But I was powerless over this, this allergy of the body and this obsession of my mind. And I needed a power greater than me. I needed God. I'm totally powerless. And I found that connection by working through the steps. And here I've come to step 10 and being given these beautiful promises. We are not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. I have a new attitude towards food. And it's been given us without any thought or effort on our part. No, not on my part because I'm powerless. But there's a power greater than me that's been able to do this for me because I've done the work. And then we have this wonderful warning at the end of this paragraph. This is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. And they're going to tell us here a little bit more warnings on how we do that. You know, and what does that boil down to? 
you know, it's how can I be a help to someone else today? God, thy will, not mine, be done. Thank you, God, for this program, and I pass. Thanks so much, Monica. Okay, we have Sue and then Deb W. Run around, Sue. Good morning. Good morning. This is Sue G. from Michigan. Um, I think I just had a little aha moment, which uh, I like to have. Um, I used to connect. Uh, we react sanely and normally with, <clears throat> we feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. Well, I just, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, where's neutrality? You know, it means uh, not not hot or cold or whatever. And I'm looking down here and it says we are neither cocky nor afraid. And it seems like every time I get a little cocky, and this is before vision for you. I'm not, don't seem to be, I have more fear of other things uh, like step 10, but not the food. But if if I get a little cocky in my share, or I think, oh, I'm I'm going to show them that I, I know something new, uh, or something that they haven't heard before at my face-to-face meetings, or if they would ask me to be the speaker for that um, that week, um, I would inevitably go out and then start immediately struggling uh, with my program. And, um, or I'd be afraid that I was cocky and I'd be afraid that I'm going to fall on my face. And I think that's, for me, that's my neutrality. You know, I I no longer, if I keep in fit spiritual condition, I'm no longer either cocky nor afraid. And for me, that's, that's a lot, um, you know, it, and when I'm in that position, I do feel safe and protected. Um, but I don't see that as the, uh, well, anyway, I've said what I wanted to say. I hope you have a great day, an absent day. God bless. I pass. Thank you, Sue. Okay, so we're going to go on to read the uh, the next paragraph, page 85. Uh, Deb W. is going to read to us, and then Lynn, if Lynn S., if you still want to share, you can be the first share after that. Deb, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Deb W., Oklahoma, recovered compulsive eater. <clears throat> it's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. And so I was just thinking um, uh, spiritual program of action and resting on our laurels. Well, you know, first I wanted to read on page 98. uh, It goes in to uh, say, uh, the minute we put our work on a service plane, that means we're giving service to others, the alcoholic commences to rely upon our assistance, which 
You know, we're 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 depending on those sponsors rather than upon God. He clamors for this or that, claiming he cannot master alcohol until his material needs are cared for. Nonsense. Some of us have taken very hard knocks to learn this truth, job or no job, wife or no wife. We simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people instead of dependence on God. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is he trusts in God and clean house. And so uh, when it talks about laurels, it made me think of, you know, we got this reprieve from crazy eating and uh, we haven't completed the steps. Or the food is okay, the weight is down, so I'm abstinent, I'm cured. Or not continuing to work 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis. We get busy in service. We get busy uh, focusing on the, the right food plan. Uh, we're, we, you know, if we get to feeling crazy, we want to fix the plan. We want to find that person that tells us exactly what to do with the plan instead of, you know, a lot of times the answer is uh, the spiritual. You know, working on the spiritual makes the food better most of the time for me. Um, busy enjoying our new bodies, our new selves, getting back into life. Um, jumping up and running out in the morning, I do that sometimes, uh, and not stopping to get the introspect, the quiet time of contemplation, reviewing, admission, repentance, thanksgiving, uh, the time uh, I take in, the wisdom so that I start with a clear slate uh, from our favorite meditation book, CD, or music. The thoughts, feelings that plagued us before working the program have to be offset with the spiritual growth that gives me another thought, another option, another direction. The recovered thought we have to be renewed daily, it becomes automatic. But if my source is empty, I won't have anything to draw from. We depend on the daily renewal of this source, and there's no exercising of that and there's no exercising of that spiritual uh, muscle, uh, I, will, I will find myself lacking. We must carry the message, the vision of how we can best serve thee, thy will not mine be done, helping others, putting others' needs before mine. Thank you, and I pass. Thanks so much, Deb. So who would like to who share like what to was read? This is Jana. Tina F. Charles H. Tina F. I got you, Tina and Charles and Janice. Marilyn F. Okay, let's stop with that right now. Hey, Lynn, do you want to share? Lynn S. Okay, maybe not. So we got, um, and Lynn, if you want to, you can come back in. So we got Janice, Tina, Charles, and Mary Lynn. Janice, good morning. Well, good morning to you, Larry, and good morning, my family. I'm Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I couldn't let this paragraph go. (laughs) Lest we become complacent. In other words, um, oh, boy, I did this many times. I have to confess. You know, it is easy to let up on spiritual program of action because I don't know about you, but when I'm in pain, it's easy to stay close to the program, you know, because I have a goal. I want to lose my weight. I want to get better. I want to have a spiritual awakening. So, you know, but then I get relief from the pain, 
you know, I go through the steps and I, you know, lose my weight. Okay, now I'm feeling good and things are going well. But then I become complacent. I become lazy. You know, I, I start, you know, rationalizing. I think, oh, okay, you know, um, gee, I've accomplished this, blah, blah, blah. But what a lie that is. Like Katie said, I believe the lie. First of all, my success was not due to me. Otherwise, I mean, it, it, we know it's not due to me because of my higher power, getting that higher power through these steps. So, therefore, I can't rest on those laurels because they were these gifts this gift was given to me i i worked i did maybe one percent by you know putting the food down doing the steps but i have to remember yesterday's accomplishments whatever successes i had was not due to me it was due to continue continue to do my daily checking inventory because you know it's not possible that I can continue because I've done it and I continued and I thought I was okay and helping people. And, but I let up on my spiritual program of action, not of knowing, not of thinking. So in order to re, to regain the spiritual balance and to stay in it, I have to practice every single day, the vision of God, not my vision, pray, uh, uh, live these principles of these steps and not the, and I can't, you know, sidestep side it because alcohol, food, my trigger foods are very, very powerful and they're very subtle. They come in sideways, you know, they come in through me being resentful. Be, 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 they come in by me being angry, by me being critical of my husband or, you know, telling people what to do. Um, that's how it comes in. So if I don't do that 10th step, that's how I'm not gonna I'm not gonna continue uh, being in fit spiritual condition. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Janice. Okay, so we have Tina followed by Charles. Good morning, Tina. Morning, Larry. Tina S. Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Uh, great paragraph. You know, I I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, and you know I'm not any different than anyone else on the line, you know, because it is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action, and you know I don't know if it's the good news or the bad news, and one well, I know for me when I first read it in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, I wasn't happy about it. The paragraph that said when the spiritual melody is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically, and that certainly was not why I came here. I didn't really want to get spiritual. And, uh, you know, but, you know, that's the answer. You know, lack of power is my dilemma, and um, a higher power is, is the solution. So, you know, today, I, and I love what was shared, you know, I too, uh, in my younger years, I, I was an athlete, and, um, you know, I had to fine-tune my skills, and what I did was I practiced, 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 and, you know, and I know today that I have to continue to practice, practice, practice this stuff, and, um, and you know, and when I do it's amazing how things turn out for me. You know, we really have, what we really have is a daily reprieve, you know, and I do my best today because of the experience I had when I didn't do it, uh, is to do this 11 step on awakening, you know, and, and to read this thing and then to, you know, uh, invite God in my day and, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, because I'm reminded, because I read it, that, you know, how I ask God how I can be of maximum service to those about me. You know, how can I best serve thee? 
You know, and and like I said, when I do these things, it's amazing how my day goes. And and when I don't, you know, I can uh, see why too. And uh, but the good news for me, I think, is that you know we have an opportunity one day at a time, you know, to do the deal. And um, with that, I'll pass. Great stuff. Thanks. Thanks, Tina. So we got Charles followed by Mary Lynn. Hey, Charles, what's going on? Hey, what's good, Larry? Thanks for your service, man. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater just for today. Untreated alcoholism. Um, th- th- that's what it sounds like to me here. Um, the most unutilized step in the universe. Um, where I got tripped up, where I got, where I played myself out, where I rested, where I chilled, where I thought I was all good. Untreated alcoholism. And I love what Tina said. She she hit it. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance. And and on page 84 it says, you know, that this is not a maintenance step. This this has to continue for a lifetime. i got to grow in effectiveness, love, patience, tolerance, all that good stuff. If I rest and the night, that last sentence in the ninth step, they will always materialize if we work for them. Newsflash, Charles, if you stop working for them, you're going to be back in the pool, straight like that. I don't care how much what I did yesterday, how much, I can't outrun the fork. So if I think that's the, that's the situation, even though I meditated a whole bunch of times, if I didn't do nothing today, I'm cracked and I suffer from untreated alcoholism. Untreated. I got a daily reprieve from, I got a, a, a suspension of this death sentence. It says that, um, it says it right here. We are not cured. Newsflash. You know, y'all was looking at me funny, and I'm joking. Y'all wasn't looking, but y'all was probably thinking. You know, why he asked that question, you know, um, when, when why he asked that, that speak on the Sunday edition, that question, you know, how come people, you know, when the ninth step promise says we'll be halfway amazed, and then people even on the line dropping people halfway through the ninth step, they are doing it. This, <laughs> we are not cured. So this step is very unutilized, um, but it, it's major. It's major. I got to do this every day. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Larry. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. Okay, Mary Lynn, it's your turn. Mary Lynn, I can't hear you. Was that Lynn S? Oh, Hi, this is Mary know. Lynn. This is Mary Lynn. Oh. Oh, Mary Lynn. Okay, and then Lynn, you can jump in after that. Mary Lynn, go ahead. Hi, I I'm a recovered compulsive eater, and what I I got is that what we really have is a daily reprieve, and the spiritual condition part. Even though I had much much desire for my recovery on three levels: emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual. It wasn't until I every day, every day carried the vision of God's will into all my activities. This was required no matter what. Now, I'm new to this meeting. This is my first time, and I said to my friend who told me about it that I would introduce myself. So this is how I can best serve thee, by actually getting that abstinence is my greatest service. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for joining us, Mary Lynn. Glad you're here. Um, Lynn, you want to crack at this here? Sorry, Larry, it's Lynn S. I keep getting cut off, but I just wanted to let you know I wanted to pass. That was all, okay? Okay. 
No, Thanks. no worries. Thanks so much. Okay, who else would like to share? Well, I'll jump in. Um, okay, this is this is Larry Kay, um, recovered compulsive overeater. I'll take a, a quick stab at this here. Um, I love love what everyone shared here. Um, you know, basically, um, yeah, it's easy to let up for me on this stuff. Um, I am human. And uh, as a consequence of that, um, sometimes I will not do what I should be doing, you know. And I, the, thing it is, the thing about it is for me, it's not about shame, shaming myself or certainly shaming others. That's not the man that I am anymore. Um, it's not about judgment. It's just, a, it's just a factual thing for me based on my own experience that I need to be um, my, my cancer is in remission thank god it's in remission it was stage four cancer is the is the analogy and it's in remission remission contingent upon you know taking my medicine each day and uh and my medicine each day is not just uh you know diving into the big book or making you know three phone calls or 30 phone calls or 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 even getting on the line here this morning yes those are all important things to me like Kim shared, and I've heard many others share, you know, program is, is not so much something that I do, but it's something that I am. I stole that from Leah, who probably stole it from someone else. Um, but anyway, um, you know, it is really who I am today. So, you know, this contingency um, is, is, is really something that's important to me that I've got to, I've got to lean in to my creator and say, you know, God, what how can I be of maximum service to you today? What can, can you guide me? I, I, I don't know. Can you guide me and show me how you would have me be today? How can I be more kind towards other people, more accepting towards other people? What can I do to um, be the best man that you would have me be, to be closer to the person that you would have me be? I mean, that's essentially it. I'm not good on prayers per se, but that's, that's my prayer. Um, so with that, I'll pass. Let me open it up. Who else would like to share? Nadia B. Alita P. Uh, was that Alita? Yeah. Alita P. Okay. So let's go with Nadia followed by Alita. Nadia, your turn. <laughs> Good morning, Larry. Good morning, family. This is um, Nadia B. Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader in Connecticut. And uh, I want to speak today to God's will for me. And uh, how do I know what God's, what God's will for me is, uh, you know, my, um, my will got me here. <laughs> so learning God's will for me today is my purpose uh, because, you know, I don't want to live in my will anymore because it's painful. And, um, you know, I wanted to live in neutrality. I wanted what you guys had, this position of neutrality with food and everything else with life. Um, I wanted to live sanely and normally, which I couldn't. Um, So I seek God's will. And, uh, you know, uh, you guys told me I have to keep in fit spiritual condition. And I didn't know how to. Uh, I tried um, for a while, you know, in and out of the rooms. And when I got to this step, I got my exercise plan. And, um, you know, that's what exercises my, um, my spirituality, my spiritual condition, this step, um, which is 10th step. 
um, I was told the love and tolerance of others is my code. And I wish I knew how to do it naturally. But sometimes I get intolerant and not so loving. And sometimes I get resentful. Sometimes I get uh, dishonest. And sometimes I have a lot of fears. So to get my, my spirit back into shape, to keep myself in sweet spiritual condition, I exercise my spirit by following this step and when I first started my sponsor chewed it for me very nicely and um, I've spoken to some of you and this step contains steps 4 through 12 for me and uh, you know that's a great plan for me and I exercise uh, my spiritual condition Um, you know maybe I'm a little stronger today than I uh, was when I started and I you know for um, those of you who are like me who's starting this and, you know, I'm in my first year of recovery, um, um, my suggestion is practice, practice, practice. We get stronger and, um, you know, we know our God's will um, better. I know it better today than I knew it yesterday. And thank you so much. Thank you, Nadia. Alita, do I have that right, up in Minnesota? Minnesota? Hi, good Alita. morning, Larry. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Alita P. in Minnesota, Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. What we really have is a daily reprieve, contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. And um, I also have often thought that this step could be just um, ignored or something, but it cannot. Um, During the daily... um, um, living situations come up and um on the previous page we talked about watch ask discuss make and turn so um this just reminds me of uh when we um have a situation come up that we watch for um selfishness dishonesty resentment and fear we ask God to remove them. We discuss them with someone else and make amends quickly and turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Well, it reminds me of um, back in more about alcoholism, about our salesman, Jim, how he, he, got, he was working for a company he once owned, and he got to work. And in the morning, he said, I came to work Tuesday morning. I, I, felt, I remember I felt irritated that I had to be a salesman for a concern I once owned. Um, I had a few words with the boss, but nothing serious. So he minimized it. It's what I, what I have a tendency to do sometimes. I minimize it. Oh, yeah, I got a little upset, but I'll get over it. But no, it's a situation I have to deal with. And I have to bring it to God. I have to get myself back in alignment with God because now I am resentful about something. If um, he, if he was resentful. Um, and, um, so when I feel resentful, when I feel selfish, when I feel dishonest, when I feel fear, I have to work on that. I have to ask God to remove it. I have to share it with someone and I have to make amends if possible and, um, then turn my thoughts to someone I can help. Um, then I can get back in alignment with God. And um, 
then I am back into being spiritually fit and I can move on with my day. Otherwise, the resentment or fear just grows and grows and grows and I am all mixed up by the end of the day. Thanks for listening. I pass. Thank you, Alita. Okay, that wraps us up today. Uh, So thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We're now going to close from, uh, with rather, a reading from the big book on page 164, uh, followed by the serenity prayer. So Carolyn S.H., are you there to read 164? I am. Thank you, Larry, for your service. This is Carolyn S.H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.